16 on your back like you fucking Jeff Gawk Your man acting girly too, put 30 on his chest Kanye shrug, bitch, welcome to the West YG, Nipsey, and Kendrick yeah, Hello Jeff, from New York out, and welcome like to the Greatest Show on Grass podcast I'm your host and ringmaster Joshua Newman And I'm joined today by Eric Gardner The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future Of the recently reborn Los Angeles Rams this past week, the Rams broke a four-game losing streak by beating the New York Jets 9-6 to in MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. There were so many storylines this week, uh, but virtually all of them occurred off the field. There was 2012 second-round pick Isaiah Peed um, having a car accident in Columbus, Ohio, and he's currently in critical condition. There was... Robert Quinn, a.k.a. Black Lightning, being rushed to the hospital following a spell of seizures. Um, there was, of course, William Hayes' visit to the Natural History Museum with Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and then there was Eric Dickerson telling Colin Cowherd that the golf trade was forced upon Jeff Fisher by the suits. Oh, yeah, one other thing. The Rams are going to break ground in Inglewood tomorrow. Um, but then there was the mother of all announcements. That's right. Um, probably the third biggest announcement this year, uh, next to the January announcement that they were going to return to Los Angeles and um, the April announcement that they had traded for the first pick in the draft. Just over an hour ago, Chris Mortensen reported that the Rams would be starting Jared Goff on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Um, certainly the media had a great deal to do with this. Um, and the fans, I think, had a lot to do with this at the last home game against Carolina, shouting, uh, we want golf. Uh, but uh, my first question is, does this make football sense? Eric, what's your, what's your take on the golf ascendance? I think it makes absolute football sense. I, I think that they should have been starting golf since week two. Um, you know, the question is why haven't they? Now there's been some speculation that, you know, he's not as good enough as what they thought, or he's not ready, but you can only find that out by actually playing him. Uh, you know, I, Jeff Fisher is a cipher, you know, I, I think back to hard knocks, which I'd actually include on the list of big, uh, events for the team sure. this year. That was fourth. For me. That was yeah. fourth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, thinking back at that show, you know, I guess I saw what Jeff Fisher does, but I still have no clue what goes into his thought process. He, he, he's still a cipher to me. In, in some respects, I see what he does and refusing to play golf for all these weeks. And I think, you know, he's just, he's, he's putting a finger to the media, to the, to, to everyone saying, look, I could do this. I know, I know what I'm doing. On the other hand, you know, I started the question, maybe he just does, has no idea what's going on. Maybe, and that's the worst thing that you want for, for a team leader. You know, you at least want direction. Um, so why did he make the, the change right now? Well, you know, obviously they've, in, I think they've had a total of, what is it, you know, 24 points over the last three games? Well, they're 32nd in the league in scoring. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's one, one thing. Um, at one point he put out word that he wouldn't be playing golf until they were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Um, they're still in it. Um, you know, I, I, 
I, I don't know why, you know, what's changed now as opposed to last week or the week before. Well, I mean, the theories out there is that are that uh, management forced this on Fisher, um, that, you know, the golf chance and the continued lackluster performance on the field by the offense um, and the, um, I think, the devaluing to a certain extent of the Rams brand um, made someone, whether it was Kevin Demoff, um, telling Fisher that it's time. But, you know, Keenum went 17 of 30 in this game um, against the Jets, 165 yards with no turnovers. Um, and then there were, there were some pretty well-placed balls, a deep one that I remember specifically that was really, uh, could have been a, a long touchdown. It, I'm just not sure what, what Jared Goff is going to do better than Case Keenum in this offense. Well, the best thing that you can say about Keenum is that he doesn't make um, horrifically terrible mistakes. You know, there hasn't been too many interceptions. There, you know, he he's never killed you in a game. Sacks also. Look, we know that's one thing that gets hugely overlooked with Keenum, right? We know how bad this offensive line is on the ground, but at the same time, on the other side of our mouth, we were, we look at the number of sacks that they've given up over the last two years, and we're like, oh, they must they must be good uh, at, at at pass protection. I don't know that that's the case. I think Case Keenum has a lot to do uh, with the Their offensive of line is terrible. Actually, last week against the Jets was probably the best that the offensive line has played, which is not saying much. But um, I think, I think you know, Goff at least offers some upside and hope. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, Keenum won't kill you, but he, 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 he rarely gets into the kind of consistency where you feel confidence in him, you know, leading a drive all the way to the end zone. I think, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what Goff will be. If, if he's like in the preseason, he's going to, you know, make a lot of rookie mistakes. Um, and I do worry about him getting killed with that offensive line. On the other hand, um, you know, he was a deadly accurate passer in in uh, in college, and he showed some of that, I think, in the preseason. Um, I, you know, I, I I think at least you have to start the process now because really the fate of the franchise lies in in in, in him. QB coach Chris Wanky says that uh, they're not going to change the offense for for Goff. Um, and I guess my question is, um, it, it sort of feels like a doomed if you do, doomed if you don't situation because if you if you don't change the offense and you don't stretch the field a little bit um, more uh, and get more creative, um, use more of the field and take advantage of Goff's arm superiority. It feels like you're putting Goff in a position to fail because this, the, you're not taking advantage of his assets. The field is smaller, um, less space to cover uh, by the defense. Um, but on the other hand, if you do expand the offense, um, you risk confusing this guy who, who has at times looked confused, uh, even more. Um, if he, as many believe, um, is slow to pick up NFL concepts, um, and pro style quarterback concepts, then making the offense more uh, complicated and um, is not going to conduce to his strength. So what do you, 
what do you do? Where do you, what do you, what do you think they should do offensively with Goff that they're not doing already? Well, I, I think that the problem is, is it, it's not as simple as just, you know, expanding the field or, or making it a more complicated system because, um, you know, even with a phenomenal, even if Goff turns out to be phenomenal, you know, and even if Gurley, you know, somehow re- rehabilitates his, his own um, skill set, uh, you're still left with an offensive line that is is atrocious. And he's just not going to have too much time in the pocket to uh, to uh, to really throw downfield. I hope they do do it. They're, they're going to need to, you know, disguise their packages. They're going to need to do a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, um, you know fake to girly stuff but or fake to uh, Austin. Um, but, you know, there's not much you can do at the, at the, at this point. What I'm just hoping to see is, is a bit more consistency, uh, a bit, uh, you know, a bit more, you know, the, from the offense or from the quarterback position. Yeah. From pretty much everyone, everyone can, you know, one of the things that has been missed, not, not missed, but, but a little overshadowed in the season is, is the tremendous play that they're, that they're getting um, from, um, wide receiver Kenny, Kenny Britt. Um, you know, he, he's stepped up to to the extent that they actually have a receiver for the first time in, you know, four or five years. Um, and so now it's just a matter of getting, you know, Austin to click. Um, you know, I, I think Quick has shown here and there that he can be uh, effective, uh, especially after the catch. Um, so, you know, it... it I you know, I don't know whether whether just putting him in is going to, you know, mean that this team is suddenly an offensive juggernaut. But you know, let's see. I mean, at very least, it, it, it's his time, and and it, you know, it, this change needed to be made. See, I I, I still wouldn't do this. I yeah. still wouldn't make this change. I I think, um, I think we're putting Goff in a position to fail. I think, um. The issue with the offense hasn't been the quarterback position. I so think well, Keenum is what, what, what exactly are you worried about? Are you worried about like a David Carr situation where you just ruin, where you ruin the, the, the quarterback's confidence? A little bit. I think it's, I think they do have a chance this year to make a playoff run. It's a slim chance, but I think they do have a chance. I think they have an even better chance to stay competitive this year. And I think that could be out the window with Goff coming in. And I think, yeah, you say David Carr. I say Sam Bradford. I mean, I think the way that he was thrust into this team um, really um, hurt his development. I think we had essentially the quarterback we needed. We just didn't handle him well. Um, it's it's terrible to have to um, wait this long for the first for your, the first pick of the draft. Uh, after sending this bounty to Tennessee, it's not uh, by any means uh, the preferred situation. Neither of us like this trade. I still don't like this trade, but I don't necessarily um, wish they had picked Carson Wentz over Jared Goff at this point. Um, I think the jury's still out if we make the transition smooth. Now, I'm in no position to say he's not ready because I don't watch him in practice. All I have saw was in the preseason. But based on what I saw in the preseason, this guy needed as much time as possible. And if Fisher and his coaching staff were 
had any doubts at all about his readiness, I think rushing him hurts the franchise more long-term um, than being patient. I don't think uh, Jared Goff is going to make Greg Robinson hold any less. I don't think um, Jared Goff is going to make Tavon Austin grow six inches. I don't think uh, Jared Goff is going to make Cody Wickman disappear. Um, I, I, you know, they have holes all over the field and I think a, you know, competent game managing journeyman with physical limitations, but with the trust of the team who knows the system forwards and backwards is preferable, uh, to a 20 year old, 21 year old who might have a bit stronger arm, uh, might be the future of the franchise. And I think also the, the one thing I think he could do um, is maybe just irrationally inject some optimism into the offense because I think um, they're suffering a lot now. They don't believe in themselves at this point. You look at the way Gurley talks about the offense you, and, and, um, and the way Fisher, um, you know, it, it continues to talk about the importance of running the ball but then ends up throwing the ball, you know, in, in the red zone, like over and over again, the team is confused about their identity. And maybe this psychologically will do something for them. Well, I, I would respond two ways, you know, first is the question is, is it going to hamper his development by throwing him in there? And that's certainly possible, but I think it's equally or more probable that he benefits from the time spent actually um, working in games, um, I I think that his development advances by 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 experience rather than just sitting on the bench and, and watching. The other thing I would say is, um, to the extent that there are other weaknesses on, on the field, I think that management has has kind of shrugged them off in in the past. They they they've um, placed way too much confidence in, in, in the youth of the offensive line developing. Um, and to the extent that he's in there now and, and maybe he can, he can, you know, show um, management where the team needs to go, you know, where they, where they start thinking, okay, you know, we have a, you know, decent quarterback, um, but maybe we need to upgrade A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm, I, I do think that this is it, this is the right move. Um, as far as yeah, I mean a game manager, but 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 seriously, is it, you know how, how much how much you know worse can you do um, than oh, seven, ten, ten points? Well, point. <laughs> well, you could give up points. Um, you could, and you know it seven, ten. I, what do you? That's the style that Jeff Frischer plays. That's the kind of, that's kind of what his offense, they're half in there to score points and half in there to eat up clock to keep the defense fresh for the fourth quarter. He says this all the time. But they've also become an incredibly predictable offense. You know, one, one, one of the, you know, ways that the, this team is being stopped on offense is not just on the, the players that they have on the field. It's that, that, def, that, that defenses come into this game knowing exactly what the Rams are going to do um, time in and time out. Now you're adding an X factor um, to, to the package. And, you know, if, if I'm a team coming in, I... But if they're not changing the game plan... You're not mm-hmm. as you're not adding an X factor to the package. If you're not taking advantage of the arm, um, if you're not 
you know, more confident throwing the ball deep um, on deep crossing patterns in, into traffic, um, high risk scenarios. If you're not taking more risks with that stronger arm, then what is that X factor? That X factor is just a discombobulated version of the guy you already have in there. I think, that being said, I think Jared Goff might have, I, I do buy the first argument you're making. I do think he might have the temperament um, to fail well, I guess, better, no other way of putting it. He, um, he, he, he failed in his first season at, at Cal. And he came back really strong. Mm-hmm. Look, his biggest weakness is his intelligence, I think, and his probably his memory um, for he doesn't have a Kimberly Keenum. Um, I thought uh, his biggest weakness was his small hands, kind of like yeah. our new president. Yeah. But uh, um, but uh, <laughs> I don't. That's the last time I want to. No, hear but I mean, I, there there seem to be you know, um, uh, when the protection breaks down from a pass standpoint, you know, some concern whether he's going to be able to hold on to the ball. Yep, we um, saw that in the preseason. Um, that would be my, my biggest concern. Not sh- not his, not his intelligence. Or, well, or I'm, what I was about to say yeah. was the short term memory. That can be also a great asset um, week to week. You have a bad game. The same memory that doesn't <laughs> enable you to recall plays and, and formations and, and verbiage could also be the memory that doesn't traumatize you after you've been sacked five times and throw three interceptions and the one long completion you make gets called back because of a Greg Robinson holding penalty. So I think um, cautious. Um, cautiously pessimistic, I would say, about the change, but the Coliseum is going to be crazy. Yeah, Sunday. I mean, just to pump up the fans. The other thing I'd say is, it, without the without the change, this is basically the same team as as last year. Yes. So, <laughs> what what makes you think that there's any probability that 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 they're they're going to make the playoffs, uh, even if they are technically in contention? The defense is better, and they don't have Jared Cook. The defense is. I don't know whether the defense is better. Can, really? I think the defense. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, no Janoris Jenkins. They've certainly. Um, they've they've got, had players step up. I no Lauren, but I don't. Laurenitis. No Laurenitis. That's yeah. that's absolutely true. Alec um, Ogletree, Mark Barron, Maurice Alexander. Um, these guys are playing lights out right now. They're playing every snap. They're. They play. They move to the ball as a unit. Um, they are confident. They, uh, when they bend, they don't break. You know, we don't remember all those long plays the Rams used to give up. You don't see any of that anymore. Um, I think it's a Super Bowl caliber defense right now. I don't think it's. I think it's basically top ten, maybe eight eight to ten range. But I don't see the playoffs being a dream for this team. And I think that's improvement. And then I think in a year where you don't have your first pick, your first round pick, normally I'd say, fuck it. Who wants the playoffs when we know we're not going far into it, but we don't even have the first pick. We've got to win games this year. This is about winning right now. Next year, maybe we can, we can tank, we can try out Goff and have him takes his, take his bumps and bruises and we can debate whether he's Jamarcus Russell or Carson Palmer. But I think but, uh, next I, I wouldn't year, do it this year. I, you know, if next year's the year, I think there's no better time to actually get his feet wet than right now. Uh, I, you know, I just, 
Uh, he might take a bit of a licking, um, but um, I, I still think I still think that his development is, is is you know getting him in the game is going to be a positive to, into his development, not a negative. Um, and you just have to take the shot. You know, you, I I know you want them to throw downfield. Um, so you know, it, with that kind of mindset of you know let's 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 take a risk every once in a while. Why wouldn't you take that same standpoint from a management perspective where you throw in a, a golf as kind of your, you know, long downfield pass type type play. I buy shot. that. I buy that. So it's a psych, it's a, it's a psychological injection to the fan base, to the team, to the organization. Yeah. I would call that also a visceral decision, it's, a knee-jerk response. It's you know, it's a little risky, but there's also upside. You don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do think I do have much greater confidence in the fact that they won't be taking many steps forward without doing anything. I mean, the the you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Sure. And right now Doing nothing and playing the same team that that had five okay, wins no, last year. No one is supporting doing <laughs> doing nothing. Nobody is support. No, nobody that is against Goff being inserted right now supports doing nothing and making the same mistake over and over and over again. Well, um, in the, the other the other in the other thing is you know how how much how much room does does Jeff Fisher have right now? I mean, if if Goff doesn't play. Then Jeff Fisher, you know, points to the fact that we still have this QB on the shelf. Um, you know, give me a chance. You know, well, I'd like um, Jeff Bush Fisher, so that. I mean, it, me. so it, it, yeah, I mean, in a way, I mean, it's. I I don't know. It, it put it puts Jeff Fisher on the line here, where where he you know he runs out of excuses at some point. Next Sunday, the Rams return to the Coliseum to take on the streaking five and four Miami Dolphins. Jeff Fisher, of course, chose to coach the Rams over the Dolphins in 2012, largely because of the power the Rams promised him. Uh, final say on personnel decisions speculated Jim Thomas of the St. Louis Poach Dispatch at the time, although that was never really uh, clearly established. Um, the Rams and Dolphins are also uh, sadly uh, connected by Isaiah Pede, um, who who played for both teams uh, prior uh, to this this brutal car accident that he got in this last week. Um, but obviously, when we when we look back at this game after Sunday, we're gonna you know think of it as the Jared Goff debut game. Um, last week, the Dolphins beat the San Diego Chargers thirty one to twenty four for their first road win of the season. Ryan Tannehill has been improving. Jay Ajayi has emerged from out of nowhere uh, to become a, a premier NFL uh, ball carrier. Um, these teams have played only 12 times um, in history, and with the Rams only winning twice. Uh, Pre-Jared Goff announcement, the Rams were somehow uh, giving a point. Uh, I don't know how... Uh, that is, uh, the Dolphins picked off Philip Rivers four times in San Diego last week. Uh, how do you see Jared Goff faring against this, uh, this resurgent, uh, Dolphins defensive unit? 
Well, I don't think that the Dolphins are a great team. I think that they are a average to good team. Um, and I think that the, the Rams match up well against them. They have they have problems when when it comes to when it comes to very mobile QBs QBs who can yes. who can kill them with lots of points. By all um, regards, Tannehill is a you know he's improving, but he's still kind of a below average QB. They have some weapons, um, but um, not not enough that they represent a, a complete mismatch. And on the defensive side. Um, they're okay, but, um, but you know, there's no reason to expect, um, that, that, that the Rams should be uh, overmatched in any regards. Uh, and they're playing at home and the fans will be excited by Goff's emergence and, um, you know, coming off a win. So, you know, there's at least some optimism there. Now, if they go, if they go into the game and lose by 20, I, I, I won't be terribly shocked as uh, either. So, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I don't see Miami having much success on offense. I don't think Ajayi is going to bust loose. Uh, and I don't see Jarvis Landry doing much. I mean, they, if if Odell Beckham didn't do much and Brandon Marshall was virtually non-existent and, and the Marvin Jones, I mean, even though Golden Tate did a lot in Detroit, they, they pretty much shut down Marvin Jones. I, they'll take away Jarvis Landry. I, you know, Trumaine's back to... Back to basics, and uh, if he's healthy, I think um, the secondary is playing really well. Troy Hill was the highest-rated Rams player, according yeah, that's, to Pro that's Football pretty amazing. Focus. I've always liked him. I've always liked him. He's given up a few big plays um, this year, but those big plays haven't led to touchdowns. Um, he's a tough guy. He's a great tackler. Um, he's kind of the anti-Janoris Jenkins it's in a lot of ways. It's been very encouraging to see his improvement because he, he, he definitely started off the season – uh, rather miserably, um, and he's, and the last few games he's been quite solid. And, he's a great tackler. He's yeah, a, he's a great I tackler. mean, secondary looked to be the biggest weakness coming into this season, and I didn't see it that way. But yes, a lot of right, yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm, I mean, the Rams are pretty solid all around on, on defense. Um, you know, I get. I suppose the question is, whether you know, are they going to be able to score enough points to win this game? And are they going to be, I mean, how are they going to do in the red zone? I think that's what this is going to come down to. I mean, this has, an, a, this is another game that all, has all the makings of one of these 10 and 6, 9 to 3, 14 to 10 type battles. What happens when these two teams get into the red zones? The Dolphins are 26th in the red zone. The Rams are currently 29th in red zone uh, I, efficiency. Um I um I think Gurley is going to be really key in this game. I mean, if if you look to see if there's a weakness on on the Dolphins defense and their run defense is, is certainly uh, a bit below par even with uh Sue. Um so if we've been all been, you know, waiting for the breakout game of of Todd Gurley for some time now and you know, it seems like every time he gets the the ball um, you know, uh, Tim Barnes and, and, you know, whoever's by his side, Wickman or whoever is already pushed back a few yards. Um, but you know, if, if it's going to come, it's going to come in this game. I, I think if, um, the Rams really need a big game from, from Todd Gurley, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely showed some signs in this game against, um, in this last game against the Jets, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, no big runs. Actually, Benny Cunningham broke off the biggest run 
of the game. Um, I, w- I would like to see the Rams get Gurley more involved in the passing game. I think Gurley has decent hands. I think that if if we're going to see one, you know, improvement from making the Keenum to um, golf switch, I would, you know, it might be that way where they where they get um, better pass play from from the, from their running backs from either Gurley or Cunningham. Um, we'll see. I that I think that that would be my my one big um, piece of optimism going into this week. I agree um, with what you said in our first segment about Case Keenum's failure to click with Tavon Austin. Though I'm not sure that falls on Case Keenum's shoulders. I do think a lot of the Rams doubled down with Tavon Austin, so it stung particularly um, painfully that they weren't able to get Tavon Austin involved in this offense in in any significant way. Um, He's, I don't know where he's at right now in terms of uh, catches versus targets, but he's, it's a, every time they throw to him, it's in, it's, you know, it's dicey whether he's, the completion is going to be made. And then if the completion is being made, it's dicey whether it's going to go for more than a three yard gain. Um, I think a lot of, I think that's a great point that I didn't think about. Um, the other, th- the other. Let me, let me make another point. Everyone's talking about golf today, but maybe it's time to actually activate uh, Spruce onto the roster. I mean, we we saw golf and Spruce had had an incredible chemistry uh, that one game during the preseason. I would love to see uh, what what he what Spruce could do. You know who I'd like to see more. You probably know because I always sing his praises. Yeah, you'd like to see Harky. I would love to see Harky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Harky is uh, has been playing. You know, less than twenty percent of offensive plays. Last week he played nineteen percent. With you know, Lance Hendricks played eighty-two percent of offensive plays. Even Tyler Higby played twice as much as him on offense. And and you know what, Tavon is playing sixty-eight percent, and he was nicked up. Um, I would love to see Corey Harkey's 19% go up to say 45%, especially on those first and second downs where the other team already knows they're going to run the ball. Yeah. He's the, you know, Saffold had a good game uh, this past week, but I think he's probably the best blocker that we have um, on the team. Um, and and when the Rams have gone on runs uh, in the past and when Gurley has, has gone on runs, Harkey's been... Um, an integral part of the offense. So I'd really like to see him use, but you know what? We start talking about Nelson Bruce. We start talking about Corey Harkey. Somebody's got to, you can't play 12 guys. You can't play 13 guys. Who's going to sit? Who's going to play less? For me, that should be Tavon Austin, just based on on production. Um, I don't know what to say. He's a great punt returner. I like him on the as a player. I don't like him at twelve million dollars, and I don't like him as a primary receiver. Oh yeah, I mean, there was a time in the Jets game where um, Tavon Austin had, had uh, looked like he had sprained his ankle and they took him out for a couple plays and put Farrell Cooper in. And I thought that the team actually looked like they were functioning uh, better uh, during that time. I almost, I almost wonder whether Austin, you know, is better utilized in the backfield for, for a ch- kind of change of pace third downs or, or, or you know, the kind of, trick misdirection plays i think he's good at but as as far as a receiver i just i haven't seen anything from him that that makes me you know 
when, 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 you know, Keenum or Goff go back, you know, I never, ever think, okay, this pass is going to Austin. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. We're, we're a long day, long ways away from the, the Ricky Prohl, um, <laughs> confidence, uh, you know, where, where you think, okay, there are third and eight, they're going to get this because yeah. they have absolutely no one who, who moves the chains. Right. Right. Yep. Agreed. I, um, you know, I don't, like I said, I think, um, the golf ascendance, um, probably shores up Tavon Austin's status and, um, involvement in the offense. I don't think I wouldn't predict less, uh, throws to Tavon. Um, you still hear, we need to get the ball into the hands of our playmakers, Gurley and Tavon. Now you say, they always say Gurley first. So you don't really like focus on the second part. Um, but those two don't really belong together in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe some of these, um, um, inaccurate case Keenum throws that sort of, you know, just sort of wobble out to a general direction now become crisper, um, spirals into the hands of Tavon and, 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 um, behoove his timing, um, a little bit. Uh, maybe it'll work, but you know, I, I just, I don't see him as a wide receiver. I see him as a, as a, a, a gadget back in the vein of Eric Metcalf and Lionel James and, and, uh, a third down guy maybe, and a great punt returner. And I love having him part of the team. Um, I don't want to see them get rid of him. You could look at Goff as a, um, a doubling down on Austin, right? Like we can't keep Keenum in the game because it's retarding Tavon Austin's development. Or you could say Goff is a sign that management is clipping the wings of Jeff Fisher and they've had enough and they're not, he's not, you know, as he heads deeper and deeper into his lame duck season, he is not going to have total control of how things go. Um, and have this bargaining chip that, you know, we, Goff is waiting in the wings, so give me another year to, uh, on this contract. Um, so maybe it's a sign that, you know, Fisher's not going to be able to have total control over, you know, who get, who, which guys get what. Um, um, he's not going to be able to pound his fist on a table and say, let's get Michael Sam. You know, that was the one thing, you know, I thought it was an incredible gesture, a beautiful gesture and a great story for the NFL a couple of years ago when the Rams drafted Michael Sam in, in the seventh round. Um, but what got largely under, overlooked, I think, was like, how did the coach say, pound his fist against the table and say, let's get Michael Sam? Isn't that what the general manager is supposed to say? I would like a strong general manager uh, to counterbalance Jeff Fisher and let him focus on putting the best team on the field and give him an open mind. Don't make it such a, because right now he's got to stand up. He's got to try to win the game and he's got to try to prove the point that he's good at making personnel decisions. And I think that's just too much unless you're Bill Belichick it doesn't work out historically for NFL coaches. So, you know, I'm firmly in the Jeff Fisher camp. 
I think we just need to clip his wings. I think we need a strong GM. We need some checks and balances on this team. We need a stronger offensive mind. I, w- I was with you for, for so long on Jeff Fisher. I think the last few weeks have, have kind of broken me to the extent that I'm now in the undecided category. Okay. Uh, you know, I am not the knee-jerk fan who, you know, hunts for a coach's head, you know, after some adversity. And I can even take, you know, a couple seasons, uh, you know, a, a, of terrible play. Um, but some some of the moves that, that, that I've seen, uh, I just don't understand. And, and I have an open mind, but I, you know, the worst thing that, that I, I think a coach can do is not to recognize um, that improvements are needed, that that um, that they really need to move forward, rather than you know moving side to side, and and so I, I think the jury's out, at least from, from in my mind on, on Jeff Fisher, um, and you know he's 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 got the rest of the season I think to to prove himself, but if 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 this team doesn't improve, if if um, you know, then I, I think I would support a change, uh, an, an overall change in, in both management, um, general management and coaching. Well, so I'm a bit more trepidatious on golf, but you know, I, I do want to say I, I, I'm, he is um, my quarterback right now and I wish him the best. I wish him the best. So in this um, larger context, I feel like of a lot of uh, disappointed people in our country, um, you know, trying their best to keep an open mind. Um, I how magnanimous um, of you to uh, <laughs> to support the QB. <laughs> I uh, I until um, they lose by twenty, um, I'm going to support Jared Goff and uh, and 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 hope for the best for um, for my team, the Los Angeles Rams. Thank you for listening to the greatest show on grass. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and then review it on iTunes and recommend it to the Rams fans in your lives, whether they've been rooting for the team for 30 years or 30 days. This that sick rap kickback Come to where I pitch at When bitches love the game like Tyson Beck for six-pack Presidential Rose